Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision and our brand new season, The Fintech Fuse. This is Theo, your host for this episode, along with Barb McLean, my partner in crime. Today, we are very delighted to welcome back Patrick Rivenbark, a longtime friend, along with Emily Morgan, Chief Product Officer from CloudCase. Welcome to the show, Patrick and Emily. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, I wanted to kick things off because, um, you know, I've more recently uh, been acquainted with both of you, I think, maybe than the length of time Patrick, you and Theo have known each other. And when I got to know each of you, it was sort of separately, actually. And both of you told me an almost identical story about why you joined Cloudcase. And I'm pretty sure you didn't, you know, sort of coordinate that amongst yourselves before we talked about it. And I've never had that happen before, meeting two different people that work for the same company and kind of describing it in the same way. So I wanted for you to all share with our listeners, what is it about Cloudcase that is so unique that drew you both in in the same way? Sure, I'll, I'll kick it off since I was um, the, the first the first person here. And then Emily just recently joined a month ago, which is absolutely incredible. And I'm just so glad that Emily's here. But that story that you're talking about, Barb, is and for me, I've been in enterprise technology and 85% of my career since, you know, for the last couple of decades has been enterprise technology and financial services. So I've been very familiar with, you know, working at the big, big side of the world here in Charlotte, the big banks, um, as well as a lot of the community banks and did a stint at FIS and, and just seeing, you know, the, the accelerators, the fintechs working in banking as a service, you know, pretty familiar with the technical limitations that's been going on in the industry for a long time that, I mean, nothing more than just kind of where we've been at and a lot of great progress has been made. But in seeing just all the opportunity that was out there, I got introduced to Cloudcase from a friend um, and uh, Dion, actually, you know, Dion, Dion Lyle. Uh, and so, so Dion introduced me and I was doing some consulting work. And when I got introduced to Roger Manu and, and Ryan Ferguson, CEO and the CTO, when they told me what they did, and Cloudcase at its core is a business process automation tool. So yeah, I was very familiar with automation, very familiar with what we were trying to do there to digitization, pick your pick your buzzword at the time. But we still had a big gap. We still have tons of banks that don't have fully digital experiences and onboarding their customers and originating their loans and all of their processes. And so when these guys came and said, hey, we do this simpler, better, faster, you know, all of these limitations that you've been seeing, you know, we don't have, we're building things in months and not years, and we have 100% delivery success. There's all these claims that you're like, you know, I've been through enough accelerators to be like, sure, heard it before, right? There's You got super skeptical given the amount of just fintech that's been going on. Fast forward about four or five months later, um, they had come on to, to do a project um, and I was on the actually the customer side of it. And I saw them building these software, I saw them building this solution, and I realized they were solving a really common problem of how do we automate really complex processes. They just were bringing in a completely different tool set to do it. And the results in bringing a new way, a new approach, which is just a different technical setup and different kind of business setup, it was just really eye-opening and refreshing to have a very different kind of feeling of, hey, this is really accomplished. We can do this and we can do it the way that we've been talking about FinTech doing it. And they had already been building it and improving it out since 2015. And after I saw it in action, I said, I, I have to come and help you guys in the U.S. I just like there's you guys just so needed. I and mean, that's what we're going to talk about. But Emily, I'd love you to add on to that. I mean, I think that's just part of the, the story at the beginning for me. Yeah, and Barb, like you mentioned, similar path for me. 
I was in banking for a decade, working, you know, anywhere from commercial underwriting to business intelligence. And I had seen workflow tools, you know, I'd seen the the benefits and the limitations. And then I joined FinTech, worked for several FinTechs along the way. And there were great tools out there. But there were limitations and there are platform limitations in the way that we think about process automation, workflow. And when I saw Cloudcase, I kept thinking along the way, I want to automate more. I want to, I want to do more. These tasks, someone shouldn't have to push a button to move to the next task. This should be able to be automated. And I talked to a few colleagues of mine after I joined Cloudcase and they're like, shocker that you went to an automation tool. But um, so what, what drew me to Cloudcase is the true way that they have redefined process automation. So it's not that the horse and buggy, for example, was wrong. It's that we had industrial revolutions along the way because we needed to get, you know, we needed plane trains and automobiles to get goods around the world faster. I think that's the way that I view what Cloudcase is doing in this automation space. So if I think back about, you know, if it's most of the tools out there are procedural. So you have to go step one, step two, step three. What Cloudcase does is declarative. It's more like AI where you put the outcome at the center and you can add processes around if you think about the flywheel. So as you're getting customer information in, it's asynchronous automation. These processes can run simultaneously and concurrently, which is not what's on the market today and has been has not been you know what has been offered in the past. And I think it really is a truly new way of, of thinking about process automation. And the analogy that I keep going back to is back in the day before GPS, when we go to you know our our whatever app and you would uh, or website and you would put in an address and we'd print out MapQuest. directions. MapQuest, MapQuest, that's right. <laughs> and you would turn left, turn right, go a mile, and you have this piece of paper and you're driving around. Well, fast forward to GPS apps where you put in you know, the, the address. And as you're driving, it can update, hey, there's an accident now, you need to go a different route. And that's the way that I think about Cloudcase, whereas, you know, the procedural tools that are on the market today, there are bottlenecks, and you're, you have to go down that specific path, and there's no alternative ways around to get to the outcome faster. So that really drew me to Cloudcase. And when the light bulb went off, I was Again, I was just like Patrick. I was like, I have to be part of this. And and the United States <laughs> needs this. So, you know, I want to be part of the team that, that brings this to the U.S. market and globally. And I like that story. And I especially appreciate the, the visual comparison, Emily, um, from, from MapQuest to GPS. It explains it so succinctly and effortlessly. Effortlessly is that even a word? I don't even know. Um, but this is this is amazing. I, I do want to follow up with one thing though, because one word that you just said popped into my head. Something that Patrick and I had a long discussion about when he told me about Cloudcase. The word artificial intelligence. It's the word of the year buzzword of the century, almost. Um, there are no lack of companies who jump on that bandwagon. People who don't do AI, they say they do AI. People who do AI, they don't really explain exactly what they do, nor why they need it. But from that last discussion, which was like an hour long, I kept Patrick on the phone because I kept 
asking him, "Where? what about AI? What about AI? You guys using AI? Are you not using AI? Why do you don't even mention it on the say? Why not jumping on the hype? Um, why is that? Curious. Well, it's a great question, Theo. So when I think about CloudCase, CloudCase is very AI-like because it is declarative. Think about the um, the Tesla, for example. You you say, hey, I want to get to this location, but don't run over people and don't run stoplights, right? So <laughs> it is that declarative nature. Now, the, the interesting thing about CloudCase is it, it, it is as close to AI as you can get without having a black box, which I think is a struggle for financial institutions. Barb, I see you shaking your head because you the regulators and auditors do not like those black boxes, right? They need uh, to see the details and you need everything to be auditable and reportable. And that's the struggle with AI in this field. I do think too, you know, when, when you're not as an institution, if you're not able to, and this is just an example, if you're not able to automate the onboarding KYC account opening for a customer digitally, is it is it time to start talking about layering on AI chatbots to the conversation yet? Because we haven't yet automated, you know, some of the fundamentals of, of our business. And so I think that's where I'm so excited about CloudCase because it is AI-like, but it truly is getting at the core of the problems and challenges for financial institutions, which is not being able to automate some of the rudimentary processes that are in, in the workflows, right? Patrick, I don't know if you have. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things to it. So so just to continue on to what you're talking about, I mean, part of why a lot of companies are going to jump onto it is they're trying to make up for something that they can't offer today or accelerate something they can't offer today, right? For those who are just kind of trying to just jump on without thinking about it. You know, we're achieving AI-like results, if you want it, which I think is what, if you're a bank like what or a credit union, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a fast, efficient, trusted way to get something done. And we already do that. And, and, and it's because, where I mentioned before, the core fundamental difference of CloudCase is really driven by its brain, its rules engine, right? So our rules engine is a multivariant rules engine, so it's not that procedural one. When you start talking about being able to, 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 to take a lot of data and process it simultaneously effectively, you start getting these results because that's what AI is doing. But we can do it where it's fully explainable so you see all of your processes and everything like that. So, and I say this because, not because I'm just gonna say we do it, we have the world's fastest mortgage, which is a little under 40 minutes. You know, We have digitized over 40 different processes across the world, across across global banks from 20 million to, 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 to 3 trillion, right? And that's from complex things like loan originations to high net worth onboarding to wire originations in the back office, right? So when reason, another reason we're not so quick to go say, oh, we need AI is, we're solving these problems better, faster than any AI is solving these problems anyway today. And it's all compliant and it's all within the financial re regulations and framework of the banks. And most importantly, if you go to our website now, we talk about automating intelligence, right? It's a little clever AI here. Um, for us, right, our job is not to sort of automate, is not to do artificial intelligence. Our job is to provide the tools, right? The, the digital tools to let banks and bankers automate how they know they should run their bank, right? Their intelligence of what their risk thresholds are, what their strategy is, where they're trying to grow, how they want that customer experience to be. And we'll talk about that a little later, but we don't need to go jump on the AI train because we're we're kind of already delivering those results. And, you know, for me, 
whether it's quote unquote AI or, or a multivariant, completely explainable rules engine that we're, we're bringing to the table, we're trying to make sure that the banks are getting what they want. And if anything, AI for us is just to make that process faster and easier and better for our customers. But you know, I don't we don't have anything right now that we need to offer because we feel like we're offering <laughs> what everyone's trying to get to anyway already. Sounds like you both learned the lesson that public enemy taught us a while back, which is <laughs> don't believe the hype. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's you know, I've been, into, I'm a technologist by trade my entire career. It's like, there's always this beginning hype cycle. You see the potential. So I am not poo-pooing AI at all, right? Like it is incredible. I play with it all the time. I use it all the time. Um, it's not to say that I, I but and I see a lot of interesting use cases for, for financial services, but for cloud case and for kind of the heart of the question, you know, we're, we're doing something pretty serious here. We're, we're doing... <laughs> Critical infrastructure of money, right? So, you know, jumping on AI and just throwing it in there, that's something we got to be really thoughtful about for our customers before we introduce it to our tooling because it's their processes and their banks that we're running, not ours. So it's really important for us to kind of keep that perspective too. Patrick, one of the points that you made reminded me of a comment our founder, one of our founders made to me that I thought was was awesome. He said, Cloudcase is the perfect augmentation of humans and machines. You're able to think of a, a autopilot and a pilot. You still need the pilot, but the pilot doesn't necessarily have to do all the things throughout the entire 15 hour flight. Right? <laughs> there are some parts of you know the the tasks and processes that can be automated. And so I think that was to my mind a really good interpretation of how to think of Cloudcase. So we don't always have the opportunity to have two colleagues like yourselves on the show. And so um, I thought it might be worth asking, can you tell us both from your own perspective, uh, in your experience, what makes for the best colleagues? First of all, um, ones you respect. I think that's first and foremost. I mean, I think that's at the beginning because when I say respect, I just mean, you know, respect not only kind of what they're bringing to the table, where they've been, but just, you know, how they treat you. I mean, you know, Emily and I met and it was, it was just really easy to get along. Right. And, and, and not to say that it's always exactly like that, but you know, when you meet somebody, you know, do you feel like you can have a good first conversation? Right. I think it also that first impressions, obviously, but if you want to get a little deeper, maybe what's what makes a good colleague for me and thinking about our industry. Um, you know, I think part of it is there's, if anything for me that this industry has been, every time I go a little further, there's a lot more behind it. <laughs> and so there's there's a part of just this understanding of are we on the same page around the problems we're solving? You know, what, do, what how do you feel about what the market's going on? What do you think like the next steps are? Like, where are those issues? Because, you know, we have a specific product, right? We have a specific company. We're trying to solve a specific goal. So we don't think about sort of where the market is, where it isn't, like that's tough. But that's all based on this, like just personality, right? Can we get along? Can we debate? Can we can we disagree easily? Um, can we kind of maybe have some disagreement and then come back and then just restart and get back to the beginning? I mean, you know, I think what's also been fun, at least for for me a little bit, and uh, Emily's learning this, is getting a little different business culture, slightly different business culture that comes out of Australia and Asia, right? So Cloudcase has headquartered in, in Sydney and Brisbane. And so getting a little bit of slightly different culture from the Australia market as well and, and seeing all that. And, and I think the commonalities between them are, are pretty easy. So, you know, we do what we say, right? We, we try to be upfront. We try to 
kind of keep everybody, you know, a level of respect. And, and also, I think it's a recognition of kind of where I start and stop and where Emily, for example, starts and stops, right? Those roles and responsibilities, something that's been really impressive to me that I think has been helpful in this question for Cloudcase is, you know, when it's a truly technical problem, you hand it over to the technical team, let them do their job and then, you know, bring it back to you. Don't pretend and meddle and, and pretend that you need to be involved in it. So that recognition of kind of the individual they bring, as well as their sort of recognition of, but I'm part of this team and how that dynamic works. So for me, life is too short to work around people that aren't kind and, <laughs> and, and work should be fun. And, you know, there are so many times that Patrick and I start dorking out about innovation. And next thing you know, we've been on the phone for four hours together and we're like, wait a minute, we should, maybe we should take a break and get back together in a bit. And I think that's, what's so exciting about it. You know, you, you have teammates that aren't trying to step all over each other to get to some goal, personal goal. It's a team that wants to accomplish something together. And you think about each other as partners and the whole, you know, the whole team, the whole company, everybody is is marching towards the same goal and that is really powerful and and i've always said happy people are productive people and i believe that you know for me it's very important to work in an environment where i can maximize my productivity and that means that i'm happy and and that means being around humans that i enjoy being around that want to innovate and and move the industry forward and i think that's something that Thankfully, I have have found, and Patrick and I were certainly, you know, as Cloudcase has been expanding in the U.S., we're looking for a way to work together, and and I'm excited that we're we're able to do that. One thing I do want to quickly mention, just to, uh, I think what's been fun too is is having having a, again an international company come to the U.S. and, and a different and and how that fintech, you know, Cloudcase is a fintech if you want to put it that way. How they grew up in a very different environment. It wasn't the same kind of venture environment. It wasn't the same kind of media environment. It wasn't the it wasn't the same level of hype, I guess, as far as the company goes. Right? It's been very much delivering under the radar. Part of that's because of just our founding, right? I and mean, we we still own and operated by the four founders, right? Still you're bootstrapped and, and profitable and everything's revenue because they built it all from scratch, right? A very different story. And and I relate that to this question because it's created a certain culture around within the company around how what you expect from your colleagues, right? And and I think for me, it's been really, really cool to see something that, you know, this is the most interesting te technology I've seen in my career, by far, not even a question asked. But they've done it when it's like, hey, if you got some family stuff, take some family time off. You got to, you know, they've been very like, it's just refreshing to be like, it's not, oh, by the way, you're working 160 hours a week. And that's just the grind you got to go through because that's, that's apparently how technology works. It's like, well, apparently not because, you know, what we're doing and doing all of this has been balanced with, We've got people. Yes, you got to work hard sometimes. Yes, there's long hours, you know, plenty of times, but it's been very much in the sense of, but you're still a person, you still have a family, you still have stuff to do. Um, and if you stick at it and you got your right priorities, you're going to achieve these great things together. And I think that kind of mindset that, the, that your colleagues also have to embrace that, right? Because it'd be really easy to have the person who's like, you know, trying to be like, well, we should work a little longer. We should do this. You should give up that. And and having everyone on that same page around, we can still achieve great things without just burning each other out. That's been a nice sort of change from a lot of the US-based fintech scene that I've either been a part of or seen. It's been really just refreshing from a, you know, who, who you want to work with your point of view. 
it makes me wonder if some of that is imbued from the international nature of your colleagues and, you know, as you're saying, um, where things maybe started. I guess, you know, Cloudcase is then a remote first company. Now, that's not necessarily true of every international company either, but that would certainly be true of you all. And I think, you know, we've all watched over the last few years as the pendulum on that has swung you know, from either side fairly quickly. I think, you know, not everyone knows what to make of this idea of working in person or working full remote, or is there a true hybrid that actually works for anyone? Um, And some are back and some have gone back the other way. So just having seen that and now experienced it directly as a remote company, where do you think the future is going in general, you know, specifically in the fintech and, and maybe more generally financial services industry? And how how can people best collaborate to get the right work done? Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a tough conundrum with you know what what to do actually coming back from COVID and and the years of we all had to be remote. I heard a banker, Patrick and I heard a banker recently say articulate it in a way that I thought was was really interesting, and it kind of just depends on your role. So being intentional about why someone needs to be in the office versus demanding, I think is a really interesting change. So there are roles that need to be together more often. And that doesn't mean, hey, you have to be in the office from nine to five every day so I can look over your shoulder. It's more of how can you uh, be the most productive so that you're collaborating, you have a team, you have an office to go to, so that you you can be together. And that's kind of how we're handling our Denver office. So we have, you know, implementation teams there that will come into the office together to work on customer projects. They don't have to be in the office all day, every day, but you know, when they need to be, they have a place to go to actually be there to collaborate. And I think that's really important. It's also very freeing to be able to live wherever you want. And, you know, for a company to be able to attract and retain talent, the top talent, and it's not based on a geographical area. So I really do think that remote first culture is strong. And I think it's going to be really hard to walk that all the way back to having to be in an office nine to five. And the way I think about that too, how we extend that to our financial institution partners, our bank partners is helping them be able to be digital as well. Right. So, you know, we talked to a bank last week and they're, they want their lenders out with tablets so that they can onboard a customer on site. And that is a big part of, of them having sort of a digital experience. And that is something also that I love about cloud cases that, you know, we have that culture ourselves, but we're also allowing our customers to take that approach if, if they want. And it doesn't matter who you are or what location you're in you can truly interact in a consistent experience with your customers, however you want or or need to. I I like that because, you know, looking from afar, not just within financial services, but also tech company, it seems like we keep swinging back and forth. And, uh, and it's, and it's tough because as Barb said, you know, we've gone through, um, quite a while where we were all very comfortable settling in our home. And all of a sudden you have to uproot everything. It, it's, it's detrimental. 
um, to a lot of teams. Patrick, I do want to go back and ask you on something you shared in the very beginning of our conversation about implementations with a lot of banks, a lot of the projects that have been done for a while now since Cloudcase has been around since 2015. Any special customer success stories that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so one I want to kind of build off what, what, what we were just talking about. So I think one one of the stories I want to share about, at least in the U.S., is uh, you know a CEO of a, a bank was looking at Cloudcase, and they looked at over 20 different vendors and before settling and, and saying, hey, we've got to do something different, right? So I'm not exactly sure where we came along, but I know they looked at all these, and we finally were talking about it. And what was most important to them, and this quote roughly was, you know, Cloudcase allows us to express our bank how we want to express it. It's just to digitally bank our way. And, and what I mean by that, I think it directly relates to this kind of remote work, which I'm going to sort of say is what reframe it differently to how do you have to adapt in a truly digital first kind of economy? And the banking is sort of at the tail end of this a little bit, like a lot of other regulated industries where, you know, everybody else has been speeding ahead of us and we've got to kind of catch up. Um, and I think it's just become so obvious now to all these bankers saying, hey, we've got to be have a better digital experience. And when, you know, you have someone who says, you know, you you all let us and run our processes that we have, that we own, that's our, you know, it's our load, it's our, it's our policies and procedures, it's our risk, it's our regulation. You guys give us this tool that allows us to digitally provide that experience because we have all the components for the decisioning and the workflow and the user experience. And I say that because what, what he's getting at is that, that we can open our bank up to a 24-7 digital experience. But what I found interesting is because of how they wanted to bank and the product they wanted to have it, part of that digital experience was driving them into a branch to meet them, or maybe it's meeting them in person, but because when it's appropriate, right? And there's a choice of when you want to drive people in there is a choice because they now could offer everything digitally as well. So, you know, regardless of the process, so if someone wants to digitize their commercial onboarding with me and, and, and with, with Emily and somebody wants to, you know, come do all that, that's awesome. And that's exactly what we're here to do. But most importantly around customer success stories are, we have a hundred percent track record of delivering what our customers have asked us to do. And I think that's where we really want to hang our hat as opposed to, well, we've implemented our way at all of our customers and they've adapted to it or had to change to it or accepted how it wasn't really fit for them. And I think something we haven't talked about a little bit is that that cloud case is those Lego blocks, those financial Lego blocks that allow a bank to, or, or credit union to, to really put in and implement their digital process. And, and that success story is every customer of ours. And I think, so, so that's one. And then on the sort of business value side, just to make it a bit more tangible, because I know that was a little of the, uh, of the, of the, the, the story side. My favorite story that I heard about Cloudcase when I was kind of talking to them was, and I don't know all the regulations here, but I think it's New Zealand and they were beginning a sort of back to back to back three different loan origination end-to-end -end digital automations they were doing, right? And I think it was, I don't remember, it was a personal loan, a mortgage, and a credit card or something like that, that you know, student loans. Sort of and it just so happened that the regulation in New Zealand changed that, that that all of these processes had to comply with this regulation before the end of the year. And let's just say that I think it was like February or something. So they just kicked off the first one. They had to comply by the end of the year or else there's going to be, you know, six-digit personal fines for all the directors and the, you know, executives of these companies. 
So that those back to back to back ended up being three specific uh, LOSs being delivered by a team of, I don't know, five to six or seven people from our side, all three being built. I think some of them they had never done and we had not done in New Zealand before. All three were built simultaneously or concurrently within less than a year. And they were fully compliant end to end with all three before the end of the year. And what that meant was they got their way with these three products. They got to deliver it ahead of time in that sense. But more importantly, they were compliant from end to end digitally and they gained a lot of market share because their competitors were doing it manually. They couldn't, they couldn't execute faster. They couldn't say yes as fast. And so they ended up driving market share. And we've seen this over and over where when people are putting control of their processes and they're able to get to market a little faster and able to execute their processes a little better, they start getting more customers or start achieving those results. So, you know, for us, that customer success story is those are two good examples, I think. Um, but you know, for it, it really puts the bank back in control of what the technology is doing. And so I'll sort of end the sort of customer success with I was down in Australia for our customer conference um, last uh, in May, and I went to go talk to one of the CTOs of one of our longstanding customers who have been doing this for five, six years. So these are folks who have digitized their entire credit policy, they've digitized all their onboarding, they've digitized all the payment, you know, they've just digitized everything. And what I, what, what he was so proud about um, was that he's like, I used to be the linchpin and the bottleneck for every major decision, right? It was, can technology do this? And he's like, well, he's like, he's like right now, I'm just another approver, right? I'm sort of, I, I got stuck back. I'm just, I'm just the technology guy. I get to say we could do it. I'm just one more voice in this committee, if you will, of, of whether we can do it. He says, because now it's not, can we do this CTO? It's, well, we know we can do it. You know, when can we do it? What trade-offs do we have to make? And it shifted this mindset of we can deliver. We can just continuously deliver these processes and, and what the bank wants, what the credit union wants. And that's just shifted their mindset because instead of these big bang, let's hope it happens, our customers are moving faster because they're moving in smaller increments and in iterative nature over and over and over because we allow them to do it. And if they want to take control of it, that's really up to them. So that's really, I think, the, the exciting part about it is bankers get put back in control and they get it done in a faster, better way. And that's the kind of story where we've done since 2015 and, and wanted to do here more in the U.S. and Canada. I want to be respectful of uh, <laughs> Barb up there. We're happy to talk to any Canadian banks. North America. <laughs> Here you go, Patrick. Exactly. All right. So before we let the two of you go, I wanted to close with this. What's next for Cloudcase? What are the plans for next year? Because I can't believe it. The 20, 2023 is almost over. I know, right? It's, gosh, it's flying by. Uh, for me, I, if you can't tell the passion and excitement of finding this product that I've been looking for for uh, over a decade, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to share the news and I want everyone to know about Cloudcase. I want to partner with as many banks as possible to be able to help because this is something that I am really passionate about. And I believe that we can take this industry so much further by automating so many of these processes that don't necessarily need to be so manual, but they just are because of the limitations in some of the solutions to date. And that's, again, just like the horse and buggy to the plane, planes, trains, and automobiles. It's just a new, innovative way of thinking about process automation. A lot of other industries are already doing it. And so I'm excited to see this take hold. 
Um, and, and, you know, I think we're tasked, first task is obviously to expand in North America, but, you know, that's also globally. So, uh, you know, we really want to get the word out about CloudCase and the power of the technology and what we can do to help push this industry forward and innovate. And it's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. what I'll add is, I think to that point, what's exciting about that is, is I, I hope that as we are really helping show when we're doing complex things like loan originations and account opening, that we start showing that it, it's not as hard as people think, right? It's, it's still complex. It's still difficult. And none, none of this work is easy. But I think what I'm hoping for is that we can kind of reach this next phase of, of hey, there's a lot more that can be done. And let's talk about the measurable in, you know, improvements that are going over time and cloud case sort of being that engine, if you will, that's allowing these financial institutions to show that progress faster, more consistently. I mean, I think we just have such a chunky industry where every six months, it takes three years to migrate. It takes big banks to do all this sort of stuff. You know, what does it look like when the banking, the technical side of the banking industry is truly moving at this iterative kind of agile fashion, if you will. And that's what we're seeing in our banks. And so, you know, when I think about next year, it's, you know, highlighting what is possible and highlighting the technology can be driving people's teams better and collaborating better and and really taking a lot of that friction out of the process and kind of bringing banking um, a little more into the the modern age but but more importantly that getting the people of banking you know the, the tools to, to make that impact and and for for me I think also it's exciting is you know we're talking to some of the biggest banks in the country and we're talking to some of the smallest right and it's the same tool right it's the same technology so what we're looking to do in, in 2024 and beyond is find those people who are ready to to try something different or right? to, to have a different tool set to solve these problems because we can show them all this evidence of that it works but you know the banks and the credit unions that that are ready for that like that's who we're excited about reaching and talking to because once they take the reins and literally we're trying to step out of the way like that's the part that i think i want to show in 2024 is you know you, you can be back in control of your technology banks and, and and here's how it is and guess what it's it's more flexible and it's you know faster and it's cheaper than in the alternatives that you've had to date um and that's it's been an exciting thing for me so you know we're we've got emily on board we've got team grown in denver you know we've got some folks in new york and chicago and you know we're, we're growing here in the u.s and emily's point we're really taking names and, and kicking butt here in, in Asia and Asia pack. So, you know, just continue on. That sounds super exciting. I can't wait to see what the future holds for you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today, Emily and Patrick. Um, it's always a delight to talk to people who are so passionate um, about making the future of banking better. So appreciate your time. And for the rest of our listeners, thank you so much for joining Barb and I for another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you next week.